That's what I've been doing. That's what I've been up to. It's 8.38 a.m. Saturday, January the 5th, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. Well, that was short. Yeah, it was. Well, it's good I lost my nerve. <laughs> I was going to extend it out, you know, to an operatic kind of, uh, you know... Uh, Flourish? Uh, no, uh, uh, s- sustain, uh, <laughs> you know, thing. But then something went wrong. And I lost my nerve. Yeah. So here we are. It's uh, another delightful Saturday in our delightful house, which has warmth and stuff in it. <laughs> and candles and people. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Warm beverage. And... Uh, Things of that nature. Yeah, ham and eggs. And we've been trying to decide, you know, what music we want to present, whether we want to go with something from a thing or something uh, from a person. <laughs> and uh, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> but Diane really likes this Cat uh, Eggleston, John Daly uh, radio show, you know, the, um, the Rolling Wave, which is on the voice of Ashon, and she's getting lots of musical inspirations from that. So for a stodgy, old curmudgeon-like singer-songwriter like myself, I have a limited um, set of inputs to, uh, to offer up. But that's okay, because I like having my mind stretched into new directions, as long as I don't lose my nerve. I just find some new stuff on the Rolling yeah, Wave no, that I, I have never heard. I think it's great. So I think it's great. And, uh, but it's always delightful. I really enjoy it just listening to some music with you uh, of a Saturday morning. Do you know? Do you know? Where I do. You go? Isn't that nice? <laughs> Especially as we're trying to define <clears throat> this is a Saturday. Because this week has been so nuts. It's been the last two weeks, really. I mean, the whole holiday break season, days on, days off. What day of the freaking week is it? Pardon me, I'm having another drink of coffee. It's gotten completely out of control. <laughs> it was you, boy. particularly bad it was good coffee. this week. It was bad this week because your Pilates got moved to a different day, so that was the schedule, had a thing, and then and, uh, I can't remember all the ins and outs of it. I just know that uh, it seems like around the holidays you kind of lose track of what day of the week it is. But is it really necessary to know unless you have like appointments and things that you have to remember or got to remember to put the garbage out? It's Garbage is part of it. Garbage is part of it because for the last two weeks our regular Wednesday garbage pickup has happened on Thursday because of the, the way the holidays fall. And so that's been weird. So you put the you roll the containers out uh, out front on a Tuesday, you know, expecting that garbage is going to be picked up as usual, and then it's not picked up until the following day. And so you're kind of like, what? Anyway, there are many other uh, complications involved. It's not just garbage. But you do have to kind of keep track of the days of the week so that so you can go back to work when you know when it actually happens. Right. Which which I was very happy that I did remember to go back to work. Right, if you, or if you've got a musical performance that you're supposed to be presenting and you, know, <laughs> yeah. you don't show up, that can be that can be a complication. 
you know, or if you show up on the wrong night for your <laughs> musical performance, it can be a complication. Or so there are many tendrils of uh, of complication, that, uh, and so I I would say that uh, on most days, I'm lucky if I don't lose my nerve completely and just stay huddled in a corner somewhere, and <laughs> wait for it to be over. <laughs> so it's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine, as you may have noticed through our description there. A hectic and a, a, a discombobulated week here in Lake Amphetamine. Lots, lots of things happened this week. Yeah? What were they? <laughs> uh, was that this well, week? On, we had dinner with Kelly and Mary. We had dinner with Kelly and Mary. That was, that was, was that this week? <laughs> I'm sorry. What day was that? Was that <laughs> Sunday? Not, what, I think it was Sunday. Was it? Okay, Sunday. Right. Yeah, this is the 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 great. It seems like we've talked about issue. the dinner with Kelly and Mary before. <laughs> From some previous I think, dinner. I, no, I think we talked about it last week. That's why I was saying. I don't know. No, we didn't. We didn't. All right. Uh, so yeah, that happened. That was quite lovely. That and was great. Then on Monday, Alice came over because that was new year's eve day right and alice came over to stay with us that night right. and rather late that night uh, or actually early early the new following year's morning morning yes so we had fun with alice then i went back to work and you went back to work but we had uh quite an introduction to some various things this week i really enjoyed our discovery of Terry Jones' Medieval Lives. Medieval Lives. It's all on YouTube, by the way. It was a, it was a bit of a rabbit hole that we went down. But uh, Terry Jones of Monty Python fame is a historian, right? Yes. And he's done many uh, things on the Beeb, unpacking different uh, historical things. Yeah, the first uh, show I ever saw by him was The Crusades. Oh, yeah. Where he unpacked a lot of the the intricacies of the Crusades that we just know about in passing. Right. And, uh, and he has some pretty interesting ways of presenting history to you because he'll use a lot of illustrations that are from the time period, but... They will, they animate those illustrations in interesting ways. And then Terry Jones walks right out into the middle of it. Exactly. And is talking to you about what goes on. Here's an example. There was once a minstrel, a happy-go-lucky fellow, wandering the country to sing at the courts of lords and kings. Everywhere he was welcomed with open arms. Strumming his lute and spinning his tales of romance and daring do, he'd charm the ladies and then move on. Oh, what a life. Yes, nice life. Except, of course, it wasn't like that at all. Showbiz was just as fickle in the Middle Ages as it is today. The tastes of audiences just as likely to change. And then, as now, behind the entertainment, there was often a political agenda. 
In fact, being a minstrel or a court poet was often downright dangerous. So there's that, there's that kind of quintessential Terry Jones kind of humor uh, kind of mixed throughout. But he's, while he's making you giggle, he's also giving you all kinds of information that you probably didn't otherwise know about how, act how things actually were in medieval times, right? Well, I think he basically, in, in my point of view, is, is educating you that a lot of the ideas that we have about medieval characters are really coming from a Victorian age right. uh, introduction. They kind of have their own fantasy about The, the Victorians about which, kind of rewrote history in a lot of ways yeah. or, or romanticized it in, in certain kinds of ways. Like he's got one, one episode is about the damsel and uh, puts to end the myth of the damsel in distress. That was a Victorian construct that was overlaid on the past and, and uh, talks about how, you know, women actually had quite a bit of agency. In, in those times. Anyway. I just love the series. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that actually became quite a highlight of my week yeah. because I think that people are far more interested in history when they get older. I, I think we learn about history at too young an age because at that time it's all fusty, old people and stuff and it's and all i mean when you learn history in school it's all about a war it's all it, about memorizing dates yeah, but and, it's all about and, wars and yeah. conflicts and and you know crusades and you know it's all the violent you know stuff you don't learn that much about what daily life was like you know uh, and i think when you you're more interested in history when you're older because you're more aware of the way it speaks into the present, you know, because you see it in your own life. Once you've got enough of personal history to see the way it, you know, it still communicates th through you into what you're doing now, uh, then it starts to make more sense that those resonances go farther back than even your life. And, you know, you can see how patterns repeat and things like that. You need a certain amount of personal history, I think, to recognize the patterns. Well, I still remember when I first saw the Crusades that I didn't know any of that history other than from Robin Hood stories. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the Robin Hood stories are a little amiss as well. So when I was uh, first seeing it, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I had no idea about what what this whole section of history was about. But then I also saw the resonance from that time to this. And I think that's the thing that at, when you're older, you start realizing just as aspects of your own life from when you were a child are resonating to this day, you can trace some of the, the problems or the things that were going on in your life as a child to how you're reacting to something when you're in your 60s. It's the same thing with history, yeah. to my, my thought. But I love when somebody presents history as a living thing and, uh, and actually says it in a, in a less than... Um, it's presented in a non-kind of uh, institutional way. I mean, it seems... Yeah. 
it has a lot more life in it and it's not as you know, to make it more about people it's and not as pedagogical yeah in its, in its in its presentation so that you're drawn into the human drama of it, and it seems that uh, you can, you know, it just seems like, oh yeah, that those kinds of things could have happened back then, you know, rather than it seeming like a completely foreign land, you recognize patterns from your own history or from world events that are happening now. And, I certainly yeah, saw people world were, people world. were just as stupid back then <laughs> as they are now. Wow, exactly. we ain't learned a thing. And I think that's, that's the, the point of all of it is that. We, we are, you know, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to make the same mistakes again. Well, yeah, there it is writ large. You know, if you're moving from the Crusades to the present day, that's, that's a lot of educational opportunity, a lot of teachable moments that were missed by, by humans in toto. So, yeah. I also like history that is talking about people's lives, as yeah. this series was where you're actually looking at how people lived and uh, and getting a, a sense of the, well, quite frankly, the ingenuity that people have always had. Right. We're just at a different technological um, age, but at the same time, when you see the ingenuity that people <coughs> have had uh, to create various ways of living their lives in a better way yeah, it's, it goes back to the lucy worsley stuff about yeah the, about the home and things like that and, yeah you know. another history series that we loved was lucy worsley is another person that presents history in that same sort of way so i don't know whether anybody is interested in this stuff the nobody way is Diane. I am. nobody is we're the only two it's just <laughs> us we're out here on this promontory all alone <laughs> with crashing <laughs> waves and dragons and we're, you know, yeah. we just can't lose our nerve. Anyway, yeah. we found the series on YouTube. Right. And it was just totally engaging. They're, they're uh, like half an hour. Yeah, they're 30-minute episodes. And, and they're each on a character. The peasant. The king, the philosopher, the damsel, the minstrel. The monk. Uh, the monk. Out of all those ones, which Excuse one me. surprised you the most in the revelations? You know, I, I, I don't know how to answer those kind of questions. They all had great surprises. I think the damsel was quite surprising. I uh, also found the monk the to monk, be The monk really... I had known, because I studied Renaissance and Reformation history in college, I knew a lot about the structure of the church in those days and how, you know, the church was basically a money-making operation. <laughs> Uh, it was a cash cow, man. Yeah, in those days, so I had some exposure to those to those stories, but uh, they were all interesting for different reasons. But I think the damsel was was illuminating to me personally, just because I wasn't as aware as I am now about how the Victorians kind of, you know, overwrote a lot of uh, history. It's uh, interesting that the Victorians would have placed women in that kind of a arena since they had a queen yeah i know a strong queen yeah very strong queen so wow very strange fascinating to see fascinating stuff diane fascinating stuff and i want to find more of that stuff me too I'm well sure. there's another series that i saw that he has online uh, that is about maps oh yeah 
I want to watch that. Okay. Next. All right. So we're we're doing a deep dive here, people. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It gets deep around here, you know, and it's murky. <laughs> and uh, so get your water wings out and, uh, you know, give it a try if you're into that kind of thing. Just kind of letting your mind stretch off in an odd direction and to see where it leads. Because it ends up being uh, nourishing, you know. I, I feel when I'm, when I'm absorbing that kind of information, I feel like I've been enriched uh, in some way because, you know, it's like you take some, all of that backlog of historical uh, stuff that rattles around in your brain all day and just kind of makes it bigger and, you know, it kind of widens your base, which is good if you're planning on, you know, if you want to keep moving upwards, you gotta, you got to get a wider base so that you don't topple the whole stack. Wow, that was obscure. Well, I think about this book that I read uh, that was by the same guy who wrote what color is your parachute about careers and he wrote a book called the three boxes of life and he basically was telling um his readers that he felt like we had these boxes that life had gotten us into that when you're a kid you're going to be in education you're going to be taking classes and then when you're in your adulthood you're going to be working and then when you retire you're going to have leisure time and he felt like <laughs> leisure time yeah, yeah. that sure. instead of doing that that it, everything should be mixed up more that you should always be educating yourself uh when you're a kid you can't really have a huge career but you know yeah do a little bit of a career and well, then you always shoes. have leisure yeah. Yeah. yeah but i i think uh one of the the things I would like to do when I am retired is do more uh, study again because I think that it'll be a, a situation of coming around to uh, a different point of view yeah. about what I'm studying. And well, I feel like since I've retired, I have done more studying. Yeah, you have. Yeah. You were, you've been studying your area of... Of yeah, and I always think, well, I should probably study other areas, you know, to broaden my knowledge. But I'm no, too, I'm, why? You want to follow where your fascination yeah. is, is what you want to do. I definitely have a fascination with historical stuff. I would definitely like to take some history class. And for those who are not in the know, the University of Washington and other colleges as well have an access program that after you are 60, I think it's 60 because I know I'm eligible right now. You can take cl- a class for free. Um, it has to, you can't participate. You can't take it for credit, and, you know, yeah. which, is, which is kind of a bummer. You know, if, I wanna, if I'm going to take a college class, I want to get credit for it. I want to have, I want to, you know, because I could be building towards another degree or something like well, that, even if I never make it. You know, that's you, true. But you, at the same time, you can matriculate to do that if can you wanted one, to. One can matriculate? Yeah. That's still can. possible? It is they haven't still done possible. away with matriculation, but you can just go in, sit in on a class, and listen in. I think that would be a very interesting I think thing to do. Too. I do too. So I do too, definitely. But in the meantime, I think the key is to drive the cold winter away. Yes. Yes. This is Owen Fife, I think, is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. As Bill mentioned earlier in the program, I had heard this song on The Rolling Wave. 
and I really love this song. I've heard it before done by Lorena McKinnett, but I had never heard it sung in this particular fashion. And uh, this man is actually a medieval and renaissance scholar of music, so it kind of is in keeping with our medieval lives. He's, uh, he plays uh, the vihuela is the instrument. It's the vihuela. Which is a renaissance guitar. instrument from Spain. All hail to the days that merited more praise than all the rest of the year. And welcome the nights that double delights as well for the poor as the peer. Sweet blessings attend each merry man's friend that doth with the best that he may. Forgetting old wrongs with poems and songs to drive the cold winter away. Tis ill for the mind to anger incline to think of small injuries now. If froth be to seek, doth lend her thy cheek, don't let her inhabit thy brow. Cross out of thy books, malevolent looks, both beauty and use decay. And spend the long nights in honest delights to drive the cold winter away. This time of the year is spent in good cheer with neighbors to gather to meet. To sit by the fire with friendly desire with others in love to greet. Old grudges forgot are poured in the pot all sorrows aside they lay. The old and the young doth cattle this song to drive the cold winter away.